0: what's poppin ladies and gentlemen welcome back to six one three sports podcast episode 1919. once again i'm your co-host eddie benham and we're here with cameron chadad what's going
1: on everybody hope everybody's feeling a little more optimistic after the lottery now it's finally over hopefully the initial
0: shock has kind of worn off i mean to be fair I'm happy with my picks. I had, I had no problem with our picks. The only yeah, thing I problem not, with... kind of like that yesterday. Only problem I have is that, uh, you know, a playoff team can uh, get the first overall now. But, you know, this podcast isn't about us today because uh, today we have a special guest.
1: Hey, we're going to be interviewing Brent Wallace for you guys. going to hopefully get some good insight from him. And hopefully we can see a little bit more into what's going on in the sense future. And maybe, you
0: know, learn a little bit more about Brent Wallace. But, you know, without further ado, let's get right into it. Roll it
1: special guest with us here today, guys. We're joined by Brent Wallace. How's it going, Brent? Fantastic, guys. How are you? Good, Not too you. bad. So here at 613 Sports is kind of our tradition with our interviews to just fire off some rapid-fire questions to start to get started, get you warmed up. So just All right, first, let's go. First word that pops to mind. So what's your favorite genre of music?
2: Oh, uh, classic rock. Got a favorite artist? I really like the Arkells. It depends on the day who I'm listening to, but I've, I mean, I'll go back to ACDC my default. And then do you have any kind of game day routine? I do like to have a nap. I will admit if I can get it in, I will have a nap just like everybody else. So I try, let's see, I'll go to the rink. Uh, they'll have a morning skate usually 10 30. So I'll be at the rink by 10 out of there round two. I'll try to get a nap in between like three and four and then back to the rink at four 30, probably at the latest. And then, uh, it's, but that's the biggest one is probably my nap.
0: Do you have a favorite team growing up?
2: The New York Islanders oddly enough, but, so I grew up in New Brunswick, and so we didn't have an NHL team, but you'd always see like Montreal, Toronto, and Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, but when I was, you know, just – I was born in 73, so the the Islanders, you know, were a powerhouse. They were always on during the playoffs. And so I really liked Mike Bossy, uh, and I really uh, – I was a goalie. So Billy Smith was my goalie, and I used to have a black coho goalie stick just like he did i take a swing at a player or two just because I could like you did. But uh, I named all my stuffed animals after the New York Islanders.
1: And then, so who was your favorite athlete of
2: all time? Oh, great question. It can be any sport. These aren't very rapid fire when I have to think about it. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know that I have one of all time. I, and the reason I got, I'm spoiled because I've covered Olympics and, and all the major sports in, in North America. And so to pick one guy or one person, I, I, I don't have one. I, Usain Bolt was pretty cool to, to be around. Uh, Michael Phelps when he set all his swimming records in London was... Uh, you know, I, I'll go Sidney Crosby because uh, I've had a chance to meet him more. So let's say Sidney Crosby.
0: Fair enough. And how have you been keeping busy, busy during the quarantine?
2: Oddly enough, when we first started, uh, we were scrambling to try and A, stay on the air with no sports, then B, just try to fill content, whether that was online or whatnot. So probably those first I'll say month to six weeks. might have been some of the busiest times I've ever had. Uh, And then as sports started to come back and more news was available, we kind of had a lull that we weren't in such a rush to get everything on the air because there was more information coming in. And then the last little bit here, probably leading up to the draft lottery, I'd probably say just as busy now in the last couple of weeks of constantly trying to get stuff done. So in that middle part, we were trying to talk, you know, behind the scenes with infectious disease experts and politicians and all that stuff to see what was going on to see if there was more information to come out. But it, it's been pretty steady, I will say that. And then, so that's
1: it for the rapid fire. Thankfully, uh, we wanted to move into more a little bit about the draft lottery yesterday. So, what were your initial thoughts on the sends ending up with one and three? And what are your thoughts now a little six. bit removed from this? Three and five. Three and 5 That's <laughs> if say five. And uh, they six?
2: were they were hoping for one and three for sure. Uh, <laughs> it seems so. If you're a in Ottawa, skeptic, you were like, "Well, of course they didn't win the draft lottery because that's just the way things go in Ottawa." You know, as I said, you know, they had the odds with them, but they certainly didn't have the luck. Um, that being said, though, and, and I and I understand that Alexi Lafreniere is probably a generational talent who could really set this franchise up or any franchise for that matter for for years to come, right? So obviously that's a that's a kick in the gut. But there's only been one team since 2000 to pick two players in the top five in one draft, and that's the Ottawa Senators this year. Before that, it was the New York Islanders who had one and five, and they took Rick Pietro first overall. So I think that we're probably forgetting the fact that this is still a pretty monumental occasion to have two picks in the top five. And so the glass half full people will see that as a positive. No, they're not in the top two, but certainly a top three pick. Should be NHL ready to play, and that top five will obviously be someone in the near future that should fill into a, a lineup spot. But they could also flip that. And and we're also forgetting about the New York Islander pick because that pick, if the Islanders lose, like I think everybody in Ottawa will become an Islander fan to lose because if they lose, they get to go back in the lottery with a chance at first overall.
0: Isn't that pick uh, top three protected
2: though? You know what? I meant to check on that. So I will back up my statement and forget that I said
0: that. <laughs> Yeah, so but we do have, you know, three and five, which is huge amounted such a deep uh, prospect pool in this uh, year's draft. Yeah. So who do you think the Sens end up taking?
2: I, well, they, they definitely need a center. They need a first-line center. And, whether, and that's obviously not going to be in this draft this year. But I really, I think Tim Stuzla can play at center. I know he's listed at his left wing, but I know I think he can move into the middle. It's tougher to play in the NHL at center. There's no question about it. Um, and, and if they somehow, he's not there and, and Clint, Quentin Byfield is, then they take Byfield. But I think, they really need to start to address that middle position spot because they're arguably one of the worst teams in the league down the middle right now. They just don't have the strength to compete with big teams at center ice. Kind
1: of going from there, obviously it would be nice to get Lafreniere, but like you mentioned, the team does need a center. So, like, if we're looking at the big picture sort of thing, you kind of feel like it helps relieve some pressure not having to take Lafreniere and focusing more on a need?
2: No, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean – I, I can't. I I don't know if I can stress enough. But I I think Alexi Lafreniere is that Sidney Crosby type player where he can really set a franchise up for for many years to come. And so, uh, yes, they. And and I know Pierre Dorian has stated all along, and I think every GM does. We will take the best player available at that time, regardless of position, and that's fairly accurate. But if you have a chance to address a need and get probably the best player, I mean, you could flip. I think Byfield and Stuzla as two and three anytime. And so I, they're both centers. So I think you have to address that need at center.
0: So moving on to the biggest headline from last night, a placeholder won the first uh-huh. Olympic. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that?
2: Only in the NHL could this happen. I, I, and I was asked earlier uh, on TSN 1200 going into, I think it was on Thursday going into the draft. I'm like, this won't happen. It just, the percentages are really low. It's obviously it's going to be a top seven team. Wow. Was I wrong? And I, it just, I mean, I understand they agreed to it. This is all something that everybody was on board with, but it just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't look good for the league in my opinion. And we'll see how it plays out. I just, once again, I think the NHL shoots itself in the foot with this kind of, we don't know who it's going to be. And so you just have to wait and see as we do this draft lottery again. Not a big fan of it, but they didn't ask me for my opinion when they went to do this either.
1: Do you think that a placeholder winning first though could help draw some extra outside attention to like the play-in round
2: going on now? Do you need more attention? If by chance the NBA doesn't start or whatever and the NHL is the only thing on, you don't need any more attention. Like this whole thing that it's good for television ratings and let's do it in the middle of a pandemic to get this draft lottery in so we get all the eyes watching us. Well, look what happened. And then at the end, Lafreniere doesn't want to talk post-draft. I I think Gary Bettman didn't want to speak post-draft. So it doesn't look good for everything that's happened. Could we not have waited, I don't know, a couple more weeks or a month or whatever to figure this out and see that it maybe makes more sense to do it later? But anyway, it, it is what it is, and now they have to move on from it. But I, I just don't see them being able to needlessly drum up more attention to a, a play-in round than they should already have. But subsequently, they still got to get this play-in round happening. And I'm, I'm not sold completely that this is happening anytime soon.
0: Well, that's the thing. If it doesn't happen, then now that – First pick is going now to like the the rest of the bottom eight teams in a even draft lottery, right? Which is it's just another weird. show. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. just Everything's weird about it. It's just, this everything's like, up in the air yeah. right now. Who knows I, what's going on?
2: I, I mean, hey, I guess it, sure. There's more interest, or at least we'll talk about it more. Hey, it gives us more to it's talk more about, content. So exactly. Say, yeah. So I'll say, hey, good for the NHL. There's <laughs> something to talk about. But I, I it's again, I, I, I'm not a big fan of the way this played out.
0: I just found it ironic that the draft lottery system was created to prevent tanking. And now we're in a case where it only takes three games to tank to potentially get the first RL pick.
2: Okay. But that said, uh, and we go through this every year, we keep thinking that teams want to tank. You can't find me one player on one NHL team right now. That's going to say, you know what? I really hope we lose so we can get somebody (laughs) else to come in and take my job, which is exactly what it is. Nobody wants to see somebody come in because they know Alexi Lafreniere is going to be in that lineup next year. So nobody's cheering on a current roster who needs a contract for next year to see them get the first overall pick. So I don't see teams tanking. I can see organizations limiting the talent level on teams. Yeah, for sure. But there's no way the players on the ice are buying in to try and get that first round pick.
0: Eventually, if we do have a play-in round, it's going to take a long time before the Sens get back on the ice. Have you heard any plans that they might play some games against the other bottom seven teams to get some action in?
2: There's talk about it, I, and I, they're going to have to do something because, it. I I mean, it looks like December, at perhaps the earliest that they're going to see hockey uh, for next season. So, yeah, that's uh, nine months, eight months of guys not playing games, so something's going to happen. I think you see something like a rookie tournament, but, again, it's got to be agreed to by the Players Association and, and by the league, and so they'll draw that out, I'm sure. Uh, but something I would think would have to get done somehow to find a way to get these guys some game action.
1: And then from there, we actually want to go into a little bit more in depth about like yourself sort of thing. How did you first get involved with like covering the scent?
2: Uh We're coming up to my anniversary soon. August 1st, uh, 1998 was when I was hired by TSN, but uh, I'm from Fredericton. And when I was in high school, um, the equivalent of Rogers community television did the basketball games for the high school. And I wasn't really good after grade 10. So in grade 11 and 12, uh, I would did, uh, color for the local high school broadcast, and so from there um, my mom told me I I went to UNB for a year and they asked me kindly not to come back so I uh, my mom's like hey there's a broadcasting school in Halifax why don't you go do that And I was like ah, sure so uh, it was a private broadcasting school then owned by uh, TSN reporter in the Maritimes Alex J Walling and so I went there and then I started a volunteer uh, job at uh, global in Halifax and then eventually turned it into a part-time job, then a full-time job. And then I went to Montreal for a year in 97, uh, when global launched there. And then uh, 11 months later, I was in uh, Ottawa, where I've been uh, since 98. Uh, what's your favorite memory covering the team? I think Alfie's goal, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, probably Alfie's overtime goal, Game 5 Eastern Conference Final, um, to send them to the the Stanley Cup final. I mean, that they had been in the Eastern Conference Final before, so that particular being in that spot wasn't the greatest memory ever, but seeing them now being elevated to Eastern conference champions, going to their first Stanley cup, that was something else. And the way that they were rolling through teams in that playoff, uh, they were just annihilating teams with Heatley, Spezza and Alfredson playing along on that one line. And so that was really something to see and just the overall reaction in the room after and, and how guys were. And so something we hadn't ever seen in Ottawa, obviously. And, and that I thought was, was a pretty neat thing. and And it had been, uh, nine years, I think, of covering the team, so I'd seen quite a bit leading up to it. We had been spoiled because the team has always been in the playoffs at that point, and so it was nothing new, but to see them finally get one step closer to winning the Stanley Cup was pretty neat. Hopefully we can
1: get back to some more of those days pretty soon. So Hopefully, go- yeah. <laughs> so going from there, you've covered Alperson a lot in his career. What did you think about him getting passed up for the Hall of Fame?
2: I don't, I don't like the whole Hall of Fame <laughs> selection process, um, so I'll tread carefully, but I don't get um, – uh, if, if you're going to have – you need 500 goals and 1,000 points or whatever as these benchmarks in a Stanley Cup to get into the Hall of Fame, then I think those players that reach those, like the – I think the LPGA does this. If you've reached so many amount of wins, you're automatically in the Hall of Fame. Well, so Marion Hosa would automatically be in the Hall of Fame. But I think, you know, Daniel Alfredson has been just as effective as Matt Sundin. But Matt Sundin has 500 goals, and that seems to be a benchmark. Mm-hmm. alfredson's won three major awards he's done everything he can internationally he's played in five olympics there's only been one person ever playing six olympics he's done uh 14 international events this is the hockey hall of fame not the nhl hall of fame and i think he's done more than enough he's 54th in league scoring all time what and i know there's a few guys ahead of him like pierre turgeon rod brindamore uh, i think there's one other player i'm forgetting that's not in the hall of fame those guys should be in i i i'm at a little bit of a loss uh, and the same with, and if we're going to go to Brian Murray, um, why he's not in, and Ken Holland. In. Ken Holland is still working in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's got time. We can wait. I think that Brian Murray, if if he's accomplished enough to get in, just deserves to be. in. I don't like the you only can do four per four players uh, a year to get in, and two builders and and two females or one female. I, I think if if they're qualified, they should get in.
0: Do we see offers in the Hall of Fame next year or is it another year of disappointment? Like, what?
2: what so what? Can, what is going to change from year to year? His numbers aren't changing. So mm-hmm. this whole thing about, well, it, there was a better debate for him this year. There should be no debate. And I, I think that's for a, a number of players. Whether or not Jeremy Roenick or Keith Kachuk or any of those players should be in. I, I think if you get past, like, Doug Wilson, who I think was a tremendous talent. He should have been in the Hall of Fame before. How does he wait 20 years? Because the argument was better? This is something I just, I don't understand.
1: For sure. Then go from there, you mentioned Brian Murray. Obviously, he's kind of a legend in the Ottawa community. Do you have a fondest like story or memory of your time covering the Sens with Brian Murray?
2: Uh, definitely when he was coaching, probably like cup final. But never really like the on the ice stuff. Just whenever you were sitting around, like he's one guy you would want to go have a drink with. Uh, after a game and there's been plenty of times we've been on the road and the coaching staff is sitting in like the hotel bar just having a a beer and so we go over and and have a chat every once in a while but the stories that get told around those tables are probably the best memories He's, he's a great storyteller uh and his sense of humor is fantastic and so that was the thing that always drew me to be around was what uh he was saying and it had nothing to do with how he coached or how he was the gm it was more about the person he was so we've been noticing a
0: more low key kind of brand rebrand going on on the Twitter and emails for the sense graphics. They've all switched to black and gold. Is this is leading up to a potential New Jersey slash logo.
2: Seems to be, I, whether it's a new logo, I'm not sure. Uh, but you, you're absolutely right. The, the gold and, and black seems to be everywhere now. And so I guess we wait to see how this all plays out, but I, I mean, they've been talking about a new logo or a, a rebrand for, I want to say a couple of years. Tom Anselmi really wanted to start the whole O thing over again. And so I think from that point on, we've really started to see some kind of, let's push some new look here and freshen things up for the Ottawa centers. They, and they do need a rebrand. They need something fresh and reinvigorated into this product because I mean, we keep hearing all the stuff that's going on off the ice of how things are playing out. They need something positive and they need a different look and a different approach.
1: And then going from there, what can fans expect and what do you expect from the team on the ice next season whenever that might be?
2: That's that's the great question. I, I mean, when is that season? Then, and I, I mean, Craig Anderson's not back, okay? So now they have a number one goalie. Is it Anders Nielsen? Is he going to be healthy enough? I'm assuming he will be. Ron Hainsey, does he come back? That's it. pushing it. So, I, again, there's going to obviously be changes in that lineup, as there is every year. How much better are they? I, I think they're pushing, obviously, to – to get towards a playoff spot, but without a number one center or even a top two center, I, I really think this team is going to struggle to get anywhere near a playoff spot. It's just so much is controlled by the middle of the ice, and so if they can land a number one center who's got veteran capabilities they, and they need some veterans in this lineup, I think you can maybe start to see fortunes turn around. Like Nobody thought when Andrew Hammond went on a run that the Sens were going to make the playoffs that year, so it's not like it's inconceivable to see them in a postseason spot. They just need to find the right mix of players and they need some veterans in this lineup.
0: Well, with a, I think we have like nine picks in this year's draft, like second round, we could see a potential trade for a
2: top center. For sure. There's no way. I don't think that nine of these picks are ever going to play for the Ottawa Senators. It's just too many. They already have. I think they've only got five players in the last three drafts have played an NHL game. And I, and I'm not sure all of them played for Ottawa. Like, they're going to have to move players around. And that, that's the great thing of having assets. They're going to have to make some moves and what they can do in return is going to be interesting, but I, I they need to address a, maybe a Thomas Shabbat uh, partner. And I'm not sure if that Zub or uh, the Nikita Zaitsev experiment didn't seem to work out well there. So, uh, and they need to find uh, a, a top two centers. I keep trying to hammer home here. <laughs> Another, Another point is uh, Sorry, uh,
0: that, uh, you know, when Carlson got traded, you know, Pierre Dorian got I know a lot of it to hate from Sens fans. But, I mean, yeah. looking now at it, what we have, all the assets, I think, like, he's done a great job. And I think he needs to be, you know, congratulated for that.
2: Okay. Hold, Eddie, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you something, though. If San Jose's pick was 27th, are you going to say the same thing to me? Probably not. Okay. So, he lucked into that pick. Mm-hmm. There's no way anybody thought San Jose was going to be as bad as they were and anywhere near a lottery pick. So before we give Pierre Dorian all these accolades, the San Jose Sharks should be embarrassed of what happened because they had a very good hockey team, and mm-hmm. it just didn't seem to come together. Yeah. And so they get the top three pick, but it has nothing to do with how great Pierre Dorian was mm-hmm. as a GM making that deal. So, yes, I, I will they, – but they did get Josh Norris, who I think is going to be a hell of a hockey player. He looks very good, and it's not just his numbers he put up in the American Hockey League. I think you can see the poise – and the skill set that he has, and it's got to do with more with poise and how he handles himself on the ice, and how he is in the room. He like he he handles himself like a true pro. You don't see that all the time in young guys. And so, I think it's a very good deal now. But I think if you were to ever go back and say Josh Norris and the twenty seventh pick and a second rounder for Eric Carlson, I still don't think people are like, that's a good deal. I, It should have worked out well for both sides. We still, I guess, need to see a healthy Eric Carlson in San Jose to get a real gauge. But, sure, $11 million a year, absolutely. And it looks good on Ottawa, no matter how you look at it. But the whole top three pick is a fluke for Ottawa to luck into.
1: Hopefully it's some good karma coming our way finally. Maybe. But yeah, so we don't want to keep you for too long, Brent. We just have one more question for you. So how are you going to be keeping busy while the play-in and stuff and that's going on? The Sens were not going to be on the ice for a while. What's next for Brent Wallister and all that?
2: That's a good question. I've asked uh, if they're going to have media in the bubbles uh, to go and cover it. Now, I, I don't with the borders closed, obviously, I don't know that we'll be going down to the U.S., but uh, if it's in Edmonton, it's probably Ryan Rashogan. so I don't know if I'm going to get sent. But I have asked to go into the bubble, uh, if not they'll probably tell me to take some vacation time. So I'll, uh, I'll do some more painting around the house, I suppose. I'm not sure. But it, it seems with Ottawa uh, leading up to at least this draft, there's going to be plenty of storylines, whether they make some deals, uh, when they can make deals, and how that all plays out. Uh, if they start signing guys, that stuff will certainly be uh, interesting to follow. So um, I probably won't have a whole lot of downtime, I don't, I don't think.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, Brent. We really appreciate it. Thank Anytime, you. guys. Thanks. Thank you to Brent Wallace for joining us. Really appreciate him giving us the time to talk about the lottery, Hall of Fame, bit about himself, a little bit of everything. It was a really good interview. Hope you
0: guys enjoyed that. Eddie, what were your thoughts? That was a fantastic interview. You know, in my defense about the Dorian commerce, I'm just saying, I was just repeating what I saw on Twitter a lot, you know? No, Eddie got
1: called out. (laughs) out. The biggest hater in the Suns market, Eddie. If you guys have followed our blog at all, you know Eddie likes to post the negative articles.
0: What are you
1: talking about? Now he's like, oh my God,
0: Pierre. You're the best, Pierre. I love you. No, okay. I was just trying to say, like, Pierre does get a lot of hate, but he's a good drafter.
1: And, you know, like... But it's true. Honestly, I didn't think of the point that he made. He made a good point. Like, honestly... I don't think anyone... When we made the trade, when we made the trade, nobody expected the Sharks Sharks to finish bottom five in the league. Nobody saw that coming. So, he kind of made... He did make a very good point. Like, listen. Yeah, he got... He lucked into it well, but, like... You, you, you didn't know. He's not a psychic. he didn't know they're going to get third overall pick. When but he I think in
0: our def- our defense too, though, like the Sharks our, tank. Are you, you and Pierre are on the same year? You guys are the same now? Sense fans who are saying, you know, okay, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is like the Sharks did start, you know, tank, not tanking, but they were they were pretty bad early on. True. You know, like, I mean, when so we, we made saw that, it, taking the last year we made that trade,
1: they went to the conference finals. So like. That's true. But nobody saw this coming.
0: A lot of injuries did happen though, right? Or, like there that, was not talk they just, Honestly, they just started sucking. I think people people were saying like they would think like oh what if they suck right but I think is the fact that they started sucking so early nobody saw it sense, to that degree yeah but the thing is they started sucking so early I that saw sense it, fans... I saw it
1: remember at the start of the year we had Shark Tank going and it actually ended up working
0: yeah I remember thing,
1: I was thrown right? on Twitter last night like during the draft lottery and some guy retweeted one of his tweets from like December October yeah. it was like a lottery simulator of like the Sharks getting first like so we've been it's been a long honestly the Sharks fans have it they they have our pain from last year now
0: yeah basically.
1: But, uh, you got an expensive player who's
0: underperforming, and they don't have a first round pick, and they're in the bottom five. But no, that's a good point, though, about the 27th. 27th like, but I still feel like Dorian should get a little bit, you know. He should get like, some credit
1: for identifying that Josh Nor- identifying Norris as a prospect. He should get some exactly. credit for that. Identifying Balser as a potential good prospect. But at the end of, but you can't give him all the credit for the first round pick. Exactly. At yeah. the end of the day, that's like, it's like buying a lot of what basically. But uh, but moving on from the Carlson trade. i sorry, do you have anything else you want to say?
0: No, I, I just say I have I have complete faith in Dorian in the drafting. I, I honestly don't think he can mess this up. Even if he tried, I don't think he can mess it up. That's that's the my
1: thoughts as well. As long as well, like are we done about the Carlson trade? Yeah, we're done. As we're done we can, we can move into the lottery. Then so going from the there, three and five. As long as we don't go off the board. Sorry, I don't know why I said we. As long as they don't go off the board, and they take one of the projected top five, top seven prospects, depending on who you ask. With those two picks, we're getting amazing players. So, you can't complain. As long as they don't try and do like the smartest guy in the room again and draft Shane Pinto ahead of much higher ranked prospects, then. And Pinto might still be good. I still think there's just there's better prospects on the board. But as long as they don't turn like that, like, please, I know Jake Sanderson's got some great comparisons, stuff like that. I just. We need offensive talent. Just take one of the top wingers or centers with three and five. That's Give us point. someone's going to put up 60, 70 points a year at least, mm-hmm. and just watch the pizza line 2.0. Exactly. That's the thing.
0: Like, Sanderson's a good player, but I don't think we should be. Using our fifth round, fifth fifth overall draft now, pick on a defenseman. He could end, He could end up being amazing. I, I obviously don't know a lot about. Oh, him. we have the he Islanders pick as well, though. That's the thing. Yeah, like we. I don't. He's not going to fall that it, far,
1: but we. Need we'll to, get him, we can the, get into. Sorry,
0: we can get into the hypo, fact about happen, yeah, but yeah, But the fact about you know your point about offense, the Senators last year only had three players that I think hit 20, 20 points. I don't even think then. Uh, sorry, twenty points or twenty goals. Twenty points and over, I think. Or yeah, I think. Like or 20, 20, 20 goals or something. Like that. Three, I think the only 20 goal
1: scorer we had was Kachuk was, and... No, Duclair and Pajot, I think. I don't, did Duclair hit... Well, yeah, Pajot got tra- ended up getting traded at so I time, think So yeah. I
0: think it was like 20 goals, yeah. So it was 20 goals. So we had three players, and so now it was only two out of the whole team, bro. So, like, we need exactly. offense
1: badly. We need some goal scoring. Because,
0: like, we, even then, if you look into the system, we have Norris, and Batherson.
1: I know they scored a lot of goals in the AHL this year, mm-hmm. but most of those guys project out more as playmakers in the NHL anyway. So we need someone who can put the puck in the net and finish. And like what Brent kept hammering on, we need center. We need exactly. center. We, we have Norris. We have Brown. We have White. But most of those guys are out as second-line centers. And at the end of the day, you can't have too many good centers. They're always in need. So if we have too many, exactly. trade, trade them for better assets.
0: And defense, like, we have pretty solid prospect pool defense. We have a lot of defensemen. Exactly. Fist, People, got really low on Brandstrom.
1: People got really low on Brandstrom yeah. last year because he started slow. But I still think Brandstrom's a solid prospect.
0: But, yeah, you know, back to NHL lottery, the fact that the playoff team wins. We said it before. There's the no night. way that a playoff team should have a chance to play for the Stanley Cup. And
1: if you guys go back, back and check, team. go back right. and check that episode we dropped about a month ago. Our reaction to the NHL's return to play. I'm pretty sure we called it, saying, "And watch, it's going to happen. They're going to win first overall pick." Because nope. if you basically, I explained it then, but I explained it now again, just quickly. If you have team ABCDFG whatever, you basically you combine all their odds together because they're not assigned to a real team. It's basically just like putting a black ball saying, "If you draw this black ball, that means we have another lottery," and that's what happened that's what the did. Basically, you just combine them all together. And they had the best odds at winning. I think they had like twenty four and a half percent chance at winning. when You combine all their odds together, so it was honestly this was a pretty likely scenario. That's one thing that really pisses me off. Like obviously, I was mad last night. We didn't win first overall. Be able to get over it a lot quicker though. If it, we lost to an actual team, like you know what, we lose to LA, we lose to Detroit, even Buffalo, whatever. We lose to a real team. We lost the lottery. It just wasn't meant to be. It's just the fact that we lose to a team that doesn't even exist yet. Where you're like,
0: come come on, like, g- give me a break. Come on. I said before. I said again. If you're in the playoffs, you shouldn't get the first overall pick. And Now's a chance that Pittsburgh or Toronto or Calgary, Edmonton, any of these teams who are playing for the playoffs, I don't care who you are, anything can happen in the playoffs, especially after this long break. Exactly. Of a, break, the Habs can be the best team there. And the fact that the Habs can beat the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Pittsburgh Penguins can get laugh along now with Crosby exactly. and Malkin, it's stupid. That's the thing.
1: We don't know We're how are going to look hockey. when they come
0: back. We don't know how exactly. It's been, what, four months, five months, anybody's played hockey? We don't know what they're going to look like when they come back. Look at the Buffalo. Buffalo, exactly. I think, start every season as the best team. Then they tank in the playing around, All you need to do is win three games. Anyone can win three games. I, you put Ottawa in the playoffs right now. I guarantee you they can probably win three games, bro. They have a chance. But now Ottawa, we have to wait. The year,
1: at the year, start of the year, we were good. We were decent. Exactly. The start of the year. We were on. Ottawa we had to
0: wait nine months for hockey. The rest of the teams can watch their team play for Stanley Cup, That's and the if same. they lose, oh look, now we have a chance Brent, to win the first. Brett made overall. a good
1: point. This can only happen in the NHL. Only the NHL can do this. No other league. No other, no other league no, would no, do this. Even the MLB NBA, NFL, the gym, nobody does this. Only the NHL. You can see this happen.
0: And this is why NHL is the fourth most popular that's the sport thing. in that's America, just, it's never that's gonna be
1: better. Really annoys me, it's like, you made a good point like a second ago. These teams, there, they get to, so basically these middle middle of the pack playing around teams, they get to see their team play hockey earlier than everybody else. If they win, they go to the playoffs. They weren't expected to go to the playoffs. Good for them. They lose, they get a better shot than they had before at Lafreniere. So what, where, where, what, what do they have to lose here? The Sens and like the Red Wings, Sabres, all these bottom seven teams, we don't get to see our teams play hockey for at least another five, four, five, four or five months, whatever. We no, don't get to see I'm our good. team play. We don't get to see anybody. We don't get to ha- get hyped up for first overall pick. No. What What do we have? What do we, What did we get?
0: And we for the draft, we can't get hyped for the draft until the playoffs is over. So exactly. I don't know, when we the don't draft know what. Process, we don't even know what process we're going to have at least until December, maybe. So you know, the second I saw eight cards, I knew it was going to happen. This NHL, this is why America thinks NHL is a joke oh, because it's stuff like this. So, because it's stuff so like mad. this. How do you have a playoff Almost, team winning the first overall pick? It makes no sense. But you know what? I, I, we're not going to get into this. You know, but we want to keep this podcast as short as possible. So that's that's going to be it. Thank you, Brent Wallace, for hopping on with us. It was a great interview. Really appreciate uh, it. Make sure you guys go check him out on Twitter, obviously at TSN Brent Wallace. You already know, Sense fans. I don't know when we're going to see hockey again, Sense fans. But be happy. This is memento. Like what he said. This is the first time a team so has I- had two picks in the top five since two thousand. Hopefully and we don't is, end up with Ricky Pietro and Rafi Torres. Let's get some right, you're looking at it. You're players. looking at you know players like Huberto went third, fifth. You know like
1: we if don't look know who's getting. Like Pierre, uh, not sorry, Craig Button said many times uh, yesterday and the day before. A couple of years ago, the Avalanche and the Canucks slid out of the top top three. They were all upset. Yep. they ended up with Kale McCarr and Elias Peterson. So at the end of the day, I right now, this we're is a, get to a good celebrate. players.
0: Sens fans celebrate because you know we didn't get five and six. We got. Three and five, which is good. We're getting a good and player. You know Who doesn't want Anziko Patara Patrick Kane on their team? I do. Exactly. And guess what? I think a rebrand's coming soon. Just hopefully that's coming soon. Hopefully there's something to talk about. But, you know, for now, Sten's content might be dying off a little bit. Not going to lie, I'm six with these sports. You know, we've hit the peak of draft lottery. There's not much to talk about. But we do have a lot of sports coming back in Ottawa. We have Blackjacks that have announced their tournament play. CPL, Ethical Ottawa, is announcing soon. Teams, sports are coming back. Lots of content on 613 sportsblogcom so check us out there. Check, it out. check us out on Twitter at 613 underscore sports and on Facebook, Instagram 613 underscore sports. ahead, stay out of the damn box, and if you see a team that's in the playoff who's getting the first or pick, make sure to jump know, sorry. Um, <laughs> stay safe out there. Peace.